Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jack Farmer, and I am coming to you live from the world-famous Elite of the Week studios in sunny Southern California, and have I got a show for you. But before I get into all the dynamite rings, the icon Sting, and the AEW champ who is ready to clean... I want to bring on with me the man who doesn't care what day of the week the wrestling war falls on because to him, every time is clobbering time. Ladies and gentlemen, let's hear it for Flo Bo Boyce. Woo! How you doing, buddy? <laughs> man, I'm doing all right, man. I appreciate the intro. I tried getting a diamond ring, but they wouldn't even put it on because I didn't have any money in my account. But it was great. So glad to be part of the Wednesday Night War. My man, Jack Farmer, the legend himself. All you have to do is beat people up to get the ring, Flobo. That's all you got to do. That's what we've learned. Now, I we... knuckles. I soft <laughs> knuckles. What a weird <laughs> thing to have. But, but um, now we've got we've got a special guest today. But before we bring him on, just real quick, we had impact. We had uh, a dynamite. Overall thoughts of what's going on in the uh, wrestling world this week. Yeah, the past seven days have been one for the record books. Not only do we have a new champion in Kenny Omega, not only is Sting like the second biggest news story of the week, <laughs> we have this this cross-promotion involving the AEW Championship, Don Callis, and the legacy of the two different generations of wrestling. It's one of those things that make you go, you know what? After Avengers Endgame, it can be done in this sport, so I can see why everyone's excited about it. Yeah, I'm I'm glad to hear you say that because I'm excited about it. I'm also excited to bring on our guest today. I had the opportunity to get to speak with him earlier this week. It was a great time. If you haven't had a chance to check it out, visit it. It's According to Woods, and we've got Adam Woods with us here today. Adam <laughs> Woods. How you doing, fella? Man, uh, I, I definitely am the, I guess, the least cosmetically appeasing uh, member of this panel. I, I feel like the, uh, what is it, the uh, Dem Boys, what is it, the Briscoe Brothers. Like, I feel like both of them right now. But I am fantastic. Uh, thanks for the plug. And, uh, I mean, Jesus, you have been, uh, Jack Farmer, you have been on my show Flobo show. I mean, he is on fire. I don't know why any big company wouldn't hire Jack Farmer. So there's that. It's a great question, and I don't know the answer to it myself. Hopefully, I get an answer soon. Well, hopefully, I just get hired. I'd hate to get an answer to why. Three I'm minutes not. in. <laughs> <laughs> hey, God, Jack, you're amazing. Back to you. <laughs> Flobo, you're all right. Yeah, yeah you're all right. <laughs> um, so. He's gonna, uh, running, he's gonna like replace uh, cats in uh, in one promotion in Florida, but uh, no disrespect to cats. Cats right. is cool. Now we had a, a crazy, crazy uh, uh, week this week, Adam. Lots of stuff happening in wrestling. I always like to start off now before we get into all the minutia of everything that happened. We're gonna pick apart all these little details as we go, but just generally speaking between everything that AEW has been doing whether it be on dynamite and even that little taste we got on impact uh what did you think of uh what's going on so far i love it i, I love it i mean in my head i i'm a i'm a belt mark and we kind of uh, touched a little bit on it uh on according to what's when you were on uh you know i just love the idea like when ultimo dragon first came to wcw with like eight title belts that was awesome i was going in thinking uh, into 2020 thinking like oh aj styles is the most decorated heavyweight champion in pro wrestling history and up, up, up here comes kenny omega with him <laughs> All, all of uh, his Kenny Omega-ness. So, uh, I mean, I mean, AWA, uh, I mean, not AWA. I see I'm going back into the past, but a AAA mega champion, uh, you know, IWGP, you know, heavyweight champion. Now, all elite wrestlings, you know, and they're calling it a, a world champion, not heavyweight. So I don't want to mess up the asterisks, but yes. So, I mean, Kenny Omega and AJ Styles are two of the most prolific champions in pro wrestling history. That's crazy. Yeah, it was, it was, I was really excited about this week. And I think I have, I have to remember that the way they do things around here is that they have 
what they call the slow burn. They take their time. And that seemed to be the message of the week this week. I want to touch on Impact because it was a part of the show in a way. Kenny Omega was there. I felt like on Impact, Kenny Omega felt like the biggest star of the show. I don't know if that was by design or not, but I thought it was very interesting that he came on uh, their own world champion, couldn't even get through a door because Kenny Omega was there. Um, it felt like he kind of ran the show. Um, Flobo, how did you think AEW did on Impact, and how do you think Impact did having AEW as a guest, if I we want to call hit, it that? I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, there's there's between having an even-even show, and AEW was literally the main event of Impact this week. I mean, they stopped the show right after that to have a 10-minute sit-down interview not so much a sit-down interview as much as uh, Don and Kenny talking about all the business. Uh, we talked about this a little bit offline. The one thing I did not particularly like uh, is if you're going to push out Rich Swan, the Impact Champion, and say he can't even be a part of this, I would love to see him be frustrated in a way. Whether he like throws a bottle at the bus, whether he jumps on the bus and sits down, or maybe he goes, you're not welcome here, just say, like, they're not going to take it lying down. But you know what? Look, this is something that's never been done before. There is, there is no precedent. So, like, if someone gave me the tool to, to toys, even, and I'll give him an example of this. The Family Guy writing staff got the Simpsons characters for an episode of a crossover. So, mm-hmm. basically, the Family Guy writers wrote the crossover between the Simpsons and Family Guy. These are all borrowed toys. And so, you know, it's hard to, hard to expect anything going to this one. But given the circumstances, we're still talking about what happened last night. Yeah, I think it's very easy to jump to conclusions here and say they did this right, they did this wrong, they did. But I agree with you. I didn't really like the way Swan was dismissed at the door. I was actually kind of going through it in my mind. Uh, if Roman Reigns was turned away because another champion was at outside, what would Reigns have done? What would McIntyre have done? What would um, Finn Balor have done? What would Ambrose have done? And in my mind, I don't think any of them would have just said, "Oh shucks," and walked away. <laughs> in that case. So I, I didn't really like that, but I do know that, again, it's, it's, it's long-term. We can't just expect everything to explode tonight. I always want it to happen right away because I'm impatient. Um, but Adam, how about yourself? Did you like how Kenny Omega was presented here? So I, I love the callous promo. That is the, I, I guess, the silver lining to the whole Omega Bush Omega's promos don't necessarily resonate with me, and that might be, I'm not an anime, or, like, I don't know anything other than, like, MMA for wrestling and, and kind of classic rock. So other than that, like, I don't get the reference. So if Omega's character is referencing one of the things that I'm not into, I don't understand it. Now, one thing that was significant in Impact, the last actual main event, like, in terms of wrestling prowess, where you had literally, like, like four of like former champions, American descendant of slave champions, and uh, Rich Swan, Willie Mack, um, uh, Chris Bay, and Moose. Right? They basically had a match, and I was just like, man, like I when I was watching like Ron Simmons like in early WCW, and like my dad was like totally against wrestling, and he was just like, but I will watch Ron Simmons, and I was like, wow, you've got four. Ado's characters in the main event of a major promotion, and all of which have either currently or in the past held championships of that. And I was just like, that's really cool. And then to job at Swan, I was just like, man, is this any different than is this any different than you know, like Booker T basically getting supermarket sweeted to uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, like 20 some odd years ago. It's not too much different. And then, but, and uh, you mentioned like Roman Reigns, you know, he would have probably tore through that, that one security guy. It wasn't an army or a bevy of security guard. It was just one guy, right? And mm-hmm. I mean, the only aggression that Rich Swan took was against his own travel bag, which I mean, I kind of get, especially if you kind of know why Rich Juan was uh, unceremoniously dismissed from his WWE contract. Maybe not showing as much aggression it works uh, to be PC. So I don't know. <laughs> 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 
Oh, uh, well, maybe. And and hey, Haywood, by the way, in the chat, just bust me. Did I say Ambrose? I meant to say Moxley. They called him Ambrose during their Ambrose. Uh, their thing. So uh, I may have had a little uh, Freudian slip there. Um, the other thing that happened on the show, uh, of course, Tony Khan and Tony Schiavone. In my notes, I wrote Tony slash Schiavone. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, in any case, um, uh, they had a little video in there. It was kind of fun, kind of taking a few jabs at impact wrestling. My hope is that this is sort of the catalyst to get them to start trading barbs back and forth. Um, but we'll see, obviously. Uh, Flobo, I know you had some, some opinions about Tony Khan being a character here. We try to be positive on the show, man. We're trying. Uh, listen, Bill, for about two weeks ago on this very, very show, we talked about the role of Tony Khan in AEW, and I said I was growing frustrated about Tony Khan because he doesn't appear at all on camera, but every talent always says, hey, Tony, write that check. I got a new contract. Uh, uh, Tony Khan, if you're listening, I need to deserve a rematch. So he became this shadowy figure. So to me, seeing this shadowy figure who doesn't even want to show his face on his own product, to show up on another network being like, so I'm going to do this, I'm going to buy this, I'm going to buy this slot. It was to me, I, at first, the cynical part of me is like, is this guy just being a mark for himself? And like, I'm on another network, look at me. I was like, no, Flobo, be mature. Maybe this is the Mr. Khan character. Of which, it got under my skin way better than Vince. <laughs> but two, what is the point? Is, is AEW going to be, or is, is the, the front office of AEW going to be the antagonist? And why? Is, is How can Tony Khan be condemning Kenny Omega, but still pushing the buttons of Impact at the same time? And so I was a bit confused about that, but Tony Giovanni, he's hilarious. I like him. <laughs> I did think it was weird. It felt like Tony Khan was kind of approaching it as a how dare you impact i'm going to show you who i am but impact didn't really fire back in any way uh across both shows uh to that matter um and taking that and and, and adam i definitely want to get your thoughts on that video as well but i want to kind of tie it into um of course tonight we end the show or, or near the end of the show we have omega make a promo now it was essentially the same thing that happened on uh, impact I think that's just because they wanted to make sure all their people saw it because they know that not everyone is going to tune into Impact. It's actually smart. It's not – I don't think it was as, as fun as seeing something new happen, but it was actually probably the smarter of the two things to just make sure everyone had a chance to, uh, had a chance to see it. Um, that said, uh, they keep teasing a big announcement. Uh, Adam, what do you think about this – potential big announcement do you think they should have let us know a little bit more about what's going on or do you think that it's good they're making us wait so i mean i, I guess um it, it's cool right to build anticipation you want in your audience to want more right so but we we've I mean, here we go, like 20 years into Impact Wrestling. Funny that we're mentioning it, but Impact's originator, the, the founder of Jeff Jarrett, would promise these big announcements literally every week, and they failed to basically register on it being a big announcement, right? Like, oh, you know, like uh, the Tennessee Two-Step, oh, they've become a sponsor in Global Force Wrestling or whatever the heck, right? So, I, I mean... The, the thing about like teasing it and not being able to deliver, that's something that we as a wrestling fan, especially of the last 20 years where, you know, wrestling has kind of been on a downturn, you know, post, you know, Hogan era, post um, Attitude era, post uh, even, you know, ruthless aggression period, right? So like to, to justify your non-wrestling fans, like, oh you're still a fan of that it's been hard right and again every time we get like one morsel of like oh this is why we watched or whatever we've been dashed quite like unceremoniously so the thing about it is like it it, it has to be big and especially the fact that again you change the world title the, i mean the former champion the you know like concurrent champion going in you know had never been pin on a one-on-one -on -one contest right so that that got broken then you switched it to omega which and this is his first title run uh, and i think they downplayed it a little bit right like so it, it, there's just a lot going on but like again how could you get any bigger than sting what kenny omega did i never knew in 2020 what i really needed was like don Callis cutting promos but that's exactly it and the past two weeks 
have basically said it. And again, you know, he mentioned on one of the promos, I think the Impact Wrestling promo, where like, oh, did you, did you think I was just doing New Japan or whatever? Like, I love how he kind of laid the infrastructure. Um, you know, if you're a, a super sleuth or even a conspiracy theorist, you know, like this well, is the same this, thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're not. They're not. But uh, again, it's just it's like this is, it depends what side of them you're on, I guess. Yeah, exactly. but <laughs> if the still, sleuth is figuring you out, you're like you're a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whichever one, you know, you're gonna be into whatever Callus was was basically chilling to you, right? And it was absolutely true. So, I, I again, I want to be. I mean, look at what AEW has done, right? They, they presented two big things on their TV that literally change. Hopefully, it'll change the course of wrestling, um, you know, and, and you know, the, the competition. Vince always breeds on, like, thrives on competition. So, like, hopefully, this is that. So, but again, I, like, how, how much bigger can you get than Sting and changing your world title and appearing on another, you know, like a, a TV show of a of a, a, another product like how much bigger can we get i think what i wanted to see is of course like i said i'm selfish and impatient i want to see everything right away <laughs> but i wanted the whole reveal i want everything right away i do but i did feel like there was so much buzz going into this episode that there was an opportunity to sort of strike while the iron's hot and give us a little bit more i would have liked if they had teased at least a fraction of what the big announcement was supposed to be whether it's I have a I have a friend coming or something like that. Kind of similar to like you know, Flobo and I were were chatting back and forth during the show via text. Kind of like Scott Hall, maybe he came out and he said, "My big friend is coming next week" or something. So like, okay, this is what we should expect instead of just I have an announcement, but you're not ready for it. Because to me, if if I'm someone who's like, okay, I'm going to give this AEW thing a chance, they did this big thing, they did this big thing, and then I get a, you're not ready for the big announcement. It's a little bit of a, uh, I feel like it's a little bit of a letdown. Is that is that fair, Flobo? Is that f fair for me to say, or is that like Jack, sit back and be patient? This is, uh, it, it, it took ten years for Endgame. Like, I, give these guys yeah. some time. <laughs> yeah, give it. A, <laughs> no, I, I feel like here's why it's, I'm, this is why I'm torn, bro. Because like. You know, we took out the other long-term storyline uh, in Stanford. Either the Mysterio Saga or, or Retribution, it was always like, hey, give it a chance. It might be something different. And it could happen here, too. But what I've seen so far, and it's only been three story beats. Last week's Dynamite Impact and this one, I, to me, it's not the best start. And, I, and I'm trying to be as even keel as I can because you had someone cheat to win the AEW World Championship. They... They, they leave, like CM Punk in 2011. They book it. They hop a bus, and they go to uh, they go to Impact, cut a promo, and say, we're going back to Dynamite. But if you're going back to Dynamite, why'd you cut out of it like you stole the million-dollar prize? And they got 10 minutes of uninterrupted stage time. So there are a lot of gaps in logic here. But again, it hasn't been done before. I'm not sure what the what the, the writer's room working at. I'm willing to give it two or three weeks before I go, oh, I can't. But right now, there's some things I think should be accounted for. Well, one thing I definitely need think needs to be accounted for is all the amazing listeners and viewers that we get each and every week. I want to take a second to thank you guys for being a part of the show, joining us in the live chat, hitting the like button, the comments, uh, five-star reviews, subscribing, and most importantly, sharing it with your friends. That's the best part. I love it when you guys do that. I appreciate you guys so much. If you can continue to do that, it would be very, very appreciated. That's what we call a promo here. That's what we call paying the bills here. It's it's giving a little promo ad there. Someone else had a little promo. was a little, a little you know, back at the bar setup was hanging at Adam Page wearing an amazing shirt. That That's I awesome. think would have looked amazing, er, if he had some of those nice buttless chaps he likes to wear all the time. <laughs> Button uh, downs and buttless chaps. <laughs> That's a corporate Adam Page right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but he was—he's looking for a tag team partner to go up against Hardy Party, and lo and behold, the Dark Order shows up, asks him to be a tag team partners with him. He reluctantly agrees. I think the world cheered this moment. By the way. Something weird that's happening. I'm starting to get on board with the Dark Order. And I'm starting to get on board with the Dark Order. And Adam Page, 
Uh, Adam Woods, how do you feel about this teaming and where they're going with the Hangman and the Dark Order? I, I like it. I absolutely do. Like, as you said it, I didn't realize it, but it, it, like, you, I, I'm a big fan of like the Blues Brothers, right? And one of the, the songs is Ghost Rider in the Sky. And I mean, like, you could do that. You you could basically, he's a dark horseman. Like, that's, that's something that's cool that, you know, that could kind of undo the, the damaged goods label that Adam Page has kind of been 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 given since his like AEW title loss to Jericho. Um, you know, I, I think at this point is he is damaged goods um, in the eyes of the fans. Um, I, I don't think the I, I don't think that tag team run with Omega and championship run. I didn't think it really meant anything. I mean, it showed like his prowess as a character. You know, because I mean before before that who was adam page like we didn't know too much about him and that's even if you watch new japan pro wrestling like like you know what is adam page so like i think this is a good way to give his character some depth and i don't know if he's like heel or a face or whatever but again turn him heel let's see how he does and let him get over and then when he turns face that everybody, I mean, like Jim Cornette says, throwing babies in the air. So that could be, that could essentially be it. So I'm hoping it's that. I'm hoping it's that. But if he just becomes another nameless face or like uh, when Dan O'Brien joined the Wyatt family and we just forget about it in six weeks, then what was it all for? Yeah, I think Adam Page is the, the best personality in wrestling right now. I've enjoyed his journey from that match with Jericho up until this point, probably more than any other person I've watched in wrestling in a very long time. And I'm enjoying this. I want to see what happens next with him. You're right. He is kind of one of those guys where no matter what he does, I want to cheer him because maybe it's just that cowboy thing. It reminds me of Red Dead Redemption where whether your character is robbing trains or helping little old ladies, you still love the guy. I don't know what it is about cowboys. You just got to cheer him. Flobo, I want to follow up with something that happened later in the night. Um, and, and this ties into the Dark Order, but Dustin Rhodes had a match with 10, and that match went, I think, probably as most of us expected to. It was solid. They had a good match. A um, couple of big fellas, Lee Johnson out at the ringside, Nightmare Family, bigger than the Dark Order, I think, at this point. But um, the ending, at the end, Evil Uno walks out in a banger of a suit, by the way, and he's he's talking to, to Dustin, and he wants Dustin to join the dark order and he's saying hey i know how things used to be but we're different now and the dark order does seem different now they seem more fun they seem a little bit more varied in who they're trying to bring on and evil uno seems like he's taking back the mantle of the leader while Brody lee is away do, what do you think's going on with the dark order do you like this direction do you think that this is just kind of a holding pattern until the big bad boss man comes back uh, where are your thoughts on the Dark Order as they stand right now? D, all of the above. The fun cult. Join today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, just a real quick note about Adam Page. I just want to say that I, I like this pairing, and I, I think if he's like the one the one superstar in AEW where I know his theme song instantly, I'm like, oh, it's Adam Page! You know, it just sounds <laughs> like he's going to come out and do cowboy-ish. Um, so you're right. The Dark Order is kind of like, it's transforming, it's mutating, it's being this thing. Uh, the only poo-poo I have is a poo-poo of a big thing of like how big it is. But I will say the fact it's so big I'm willing to accept it being fun in some place and quirky someplace. And I know you said the match with Ten and Dustin Rose was solid. I disagree. I thought it was one of the best matches of the night, which mm. sounds really weird. But Dustin has a way of making every move count. And Ten's mm -hmm. the perfect one to go size by size with them. If you want to look at psychology in the classic sense, being adapted to a modern audience, I'm telling you, man, Dustin is true. I mean, you don't need me to tell me that. I mean, he's like 40 years in the game. But you know what I'm saying. Right. Uh, but, but, I, but to answer your question, yeah, I think when Brody Lee comes back, there's an instant story there of the Brody Lee version of the Dark Order and what it's morphed to. And you may have a schism, you may have an implosion, but it's going to be a good storyline either way. Yeah, and when I, by the way, when I said it was what we expected, I mean, I, I meant the outcome is what we expected. Uh, Dustin Rhodes is a legitimate, as we talk about, most underrated. I think Dustin Rhodes is one of those guys most underrated because when you put together the list of the guys that have the best matches, rarely does his name come up. But you're right. He always has 
great matches that at the very least feel like great matches as you watch them. Uh, He did have a comment at the end. This was the big thing that I caught and I think a lot of people caught. But of course, Dustin isn't down to be number seven, which which tickled me. (laughs) Tickled me, by the way, that he got offered number seven. Uh, But Evil Uno says, when you know what I know, you'll be begging for it. Adam, what does Evil Uno know? I I don't know what's in the um, I don't know Little Caesars like soft. <laughs> I don't know, and like I don't get I don't get Evil Uno at all. I I really don't, and I I love like the previous Dark Order incarnation when they were in the Indies and Chikara of like you know like you know, player one, player dose, and all that whatever. I don't I don't like it. I I so. Both, uh, you know, Uno and then his other guy who could be Rowan, who could be, I mean, just like bald guy and big beard. Like that's like you've got one on every roster, like in North America in 2020. So like I I just don't I don't buy it. I I don't like his presentation with that group. I think he he is almost to me in terms of like dark order. He is almost like how. What would Vern Gagne say about Marco Stunts? And that's oh, that's what you're getting. Wow. Yeah. wow. That, yeah. well, one, that's a deep cut. But, but, yeah. but two, that's kind of cold, baby. <laughs> For <Yeah>. real? <laughs> you okay. got to admit that was a banger of a suit, though, right? <laughs> it was. No, the suit was amazing. Now, in the suit, this, is, this is an instance where the, the suit made whatever the heck you know, is and not vice versa. So... Kudos to the suit. You're over. Okay, well, how about this? I'll let either of you guys answer this one. Uh, The Dark Order is pretty big. They've got a lot of extra folks there. If they cut out a couple people, maybe the the masked guys, how long would it take for you to notice? Do you think they could maybe have maybe like 10 and uh, 5 show up just as themselves outside of the Dark Order and have everyone just not realize it? Or do you think they've got to find a way for them to get out if you wanted to trim the numbers down. Oh, I was going to say, I mean, are you doing a bowling? Like, are we doing, is, is what's going on at Daly's place? Like so desolate in terms of the lower card that you need to actually don two gimmicks to make it to the paid window. Is that what we're doing? <laughs> no, I mean, just like, let's Hot say, let's say you're talking about like, let's say you're talking about like, okay, there's too many, but it'd be too much of an issue to have to write out a bunch of people. Right. What if they just said, Hey, those guys are now out of the dark order. They're doing something different. And now the dark order is really just like Uno Grayson, uh, Cabana, and then like hangman and silver and Reynolds. You can do, but that. you got rid of like, uh, Alan angels and, um, 10 and those guys but you can do that but the problem is that complexion of that of the remaining team is so different you put yourself into new midnight express new nexus like you put yourself in yeah. that situation where it's like it's not the fame it's new coat <laughs> but it's possible well, well speaking speaking of new coats i like that you said that because it easily transitions into something i want to talk about and that's the inner circle and their new coat of paint that they were on and i just couldn't help but find myself chuckling at the idea that the inner circle could break up after MJF has done so much to join them. What a bum deal. Could you imagine if he did all this stuff, finally got the invite, finally joined that? Oh, by the way, we're breaking up. Never mind. That's what happens when they ask him to play Among Us. Oh, we're tired. We'll get some food. But I just got here. <laughs> That's because you're sus, man. Uh, totally sus. Uh, so uh, <laughs> um, I love this moment. And uh, Flo, I feel like this is something that you'll appreciate and that you loved was that uh, MJF tried to act like it was Sammy Guevara that brought the towel last week, and Jericho cut him off and said, hey, we all watched Dynamite. I saw what you did, MJF. Yeah. Uh, that was a, a big moment for me. I thought it was interesting that Ortiz was the one speaking reason to everybody through this because uh, he always seems so crazy. Um, now, the, the band is staying together, Flobo. Is this band staying together long term, or is this just giving us another week to uh, 
to marinate on the eventual demise. Probably top of the year. I'm going to say three to four weeks. Something has to happen either way. Like, you do something like that, and then you have, like, the shifting alliances and all that stuff. I won't say next week, because I'm pretty sure Sting's going to develop or something like that in a minute, especially this Kenny Omega story, and where's Mox, and the Women's Division with uh, with Jade Cargill, and all that stuff it has to be... Like, it's those are more immediate stories, I think. But I, I do think within a month's time, we'll have a decision on, on the Inner Circle. But I will say, I did appreciate that that Jericho had this in his mind, and he hangs out with these guys all the time. And it was like, tomorrow, I'm going to talk about it in public. Tell us now. No. no <laughs> tomorrow no. <laughs> on TV. We're going to air this out. <laughs> I mean, is that really any different than someone going on social media and uh, being like, it sucks when your significant other does this, that, and the other, and then everyone knows what you're talking about, and you're basically airing your grievances to the world. I, mean, I love it. Subtweeting? Yeah, that's the word <laughs> I was looking for. Um, so I love that Hager and Wardlow still hate each other. I love that everyone still hates each other, but uh, the band is sticking together as of now. And in fact, they stood strong together in the main event as MJF took on Orange Cassidy for that dynamite ring. Now, uh, Adam, I something about Orange Cassidy to me. I always find myself saying when he starts a match, okay, man, I've seen this. It's every Orange Cassidy match is the same match. I've seen it a million times. He's got to start doing something different. But to be honest, by the end of the match, I'm always super into it. Uh, where do you, you know? So I guess he's doing something right because by the end, I'm always like gasping at near falls. I'm always gasping at what he's doing. Is he going to win? Is he not going to win? Where do you stand on Orange Cassidy? I didn't get it. Uh, I had the privilege or the dubious distinction, whichever way you want to, you know, basically uh, confirm to. But I saw him at a local indie show that I, I guess we can't name on air because it's gone down in infamy. But I mm. digress. Um, I I didn't get the character. I didn't. I didn't see it. I'd seen viral videos of like the guy with the hands in the pocket and, you know, his various matches with like legends and stuff like that. I think I saw a Scott Steiner match and what have you, but I didn't get it until I was there and I saw it and I got it. And, uh, you know, in, in terms of like uh, this kind of uh, post WCW cruiserweight era of spot, 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 spot. You got somebody who will tell the length of a story throughout a match, right? That's what Orange Cassidy is. Is he, uh, you know, uh, you know, Dan Gable? Is he Dan Severn? No, absolutely not. But again, neither is Marco Sun. So, with that being said, if this is for entertainment value, he does it. And again, his like everything matters, right? His punches, what he does a buildup like when he has a comeback it's i feel almost like it's a visceral reaction almost like how hogan was in his era in his prime you know and i'm not going to compare the two actually the moveset is kind of the same but i digress um the the, the fact that I, like he makes me feel his comebacks right that is the mark of a true artist right so the fact mm -hmm. that He's able to do that and kind of let you suspend disbelief, but in a believable way. You, like, you believe that he doesn't care until he cares. Like, that's his gimmick, you know? And again, we, we've we've had iterations of, like, Festus. Like, we've had some, like, goofy, goofy gimmicks and whatever. But, like, I get it. I, I totally get it. And I appreciate it. And uh, I'm glad that he gets to, to shine the way that he does. I would love Festus to see reference? What? Yeah. What? <laughs> okay. Uh, I was gonna say I want to see Hogan do a Superman punch. I feel like it's not even that crazy of a thing, but for some reason it cracks me up. The idea of him. Axe bomber. Axe bomber. That's what <laughs> he did in Japan. <laughs> I want to see him do the jump though, like the jump and everything. I think that'd be great. Um, or the stun dog millionaire. Either way. <laughs> I never want to see anybody. Just kind of off topic. I never want to see anybody do a spear in wrestling again. So that's just that. I'm that way of pumping those slams. I've seen enough. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, don't mind, I don't mind spears. I just don't like them as match enders anymore. I feel like everyone has done it at this point. But someone who's doing things that are a little old school and a little different, uh, and I want to give some credit, and I want to give some credit to MJF because everyone knows of MJF as this guy who's great on the microphone, who really tears into people, is this fascinating character, 
but he doesn't get enough credit for how good he is in the ring. The way he works different body parts and things like that, the way he, he put Orange Cassidy's hand in the back of his pants before powerbombing onto the apron, I thought he did a lot of great stuff here. Flobo is MJF underrated for his wrestling in the ring because he's so good on a microphone. I would say no. I would say no, not because he's he's not worse than what he is. I think that before his character was fully developed, people were saying this young kid was a prodigy, at least from my timeline or what have you. Uh, maybe now, when people are saying he's best heels, I would say it, but I think for, I think I knew his wrestling skills before his character, before it's flushed out, but anything is well-deserved. I mean, the thing about MJF and the reason why he's so important to that roster, this is why guys like Cornette get upset when they have like, they know, they know Diva, eh? There, There is a hard line between wrestling pre-the-70s and that post the attitude era, right? Like there's almost like a giant wall between those that 20 year gap. Mm-hmm. And MJF has a way to work the social media and to have the Burberry costume and to say the things the kids love. And it has a way just to do a lot with little. When you do a lot with little, you don't get injured as much. They can use you more. Like he is a, 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 a pretty much a paragon in that way. But, you know, my only gripe with him is that he's so good as a heel, everyone goes, oh, what a great heel, instead of being, like, really upset or having their blood boil about them. Like, Vicky Guerrero is a heel. MJF, mm-hmm. he's a heel that gets cheered. Uh, before all is said and done, I think MJF is going to be one of the most beloved characters in wrestling. I think that's Probably. what's going to happen. Just like The Rock. I think The Rock was someone who was trying to be a jerk, but we all loved him so much, we couldn't help it. Like, it's or Ric Flair even Flair. he was so yeah. bad we ended up loving him. Um, so I think that's I think that's the eventual fate of MJF is that he'll be one of the most beloved characters on TV. Um, he wins tonight. He keeps the diamond ring. I like the idea of him just being a forever diamond ring champion. I don't care if he becomes the Undertaker undefeated streak, winning it every single year. Adam Woods, would you like to see him keep that ring forever? I don't care about the ring. I really don't. I mean, <laughs> honestly, I'm a belt mark. I, I mean, I've got. Wow. He I've said. Got a, he said he was. Yeah. I, I, yeah I, 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 total disclosure. I want to see when. Uh, I, I I can't remember, but somebody was talking about like Terry Taylor's matches back in Mid South, right? And he was a champion, and I I was like, oh man, I'm gonna get to see this on the WWE Network, and then just to see that it was a medal. I was just so disappointed, especially with how underrated I feel like the the Mid South, like North American Championship belt was in terms of its design. So yeah, I don't, I didn't care about the Ring of Honor when Cody had it. Um, you know, how are you going to trade a belt for a ring? I didn't get it, and I get it even less. You know, even when you throw in, you know, like my first T-shirt, wrestling T-shirt that I ever bought. Despite being a wrestling fan forever, was Diamond Dallas Page, right? Diamond Dallas Page is the one who brings and christens this ring and makes it important. But it's still not as important as a title, like a tangible title belt. To me, it's what wrestling should represent, right? You get your tail kicked 364 days out of the year, and essentially you get to topple your foe, right? You get to topple your foe, and on a grand stage of them all, and you get a belt for everything that you you've went through that signifies you are the best in the world at what you do. To me, that's what wrestling is, and it does uh, like that is a distinction that is bestowed to you with a belt, not a ring, not anything else. So, to me, it's 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 belt or bust, and this thing is busted AF to me. So, follow up question, real quick. If I may, Flobo, if you had to rank them right now, today, what is more prestigious, the ring or the FTW title? <laughs> of those two. <laughs> That's a philosophical question, man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. That was the Bruce Pritchard like pause. My goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Adam, which one do you rank higher, Ring FTW. or FTW? FTW? Really? Yeah. Yes, because again, that was a title in ECW. It has lineage, right? It it comes from something, 
right? Mm-hmm. Despite the fact that it lay dormant for literally 20 some odd years, it's still a championship, right? Uh, that's So again, belts matter in pro wrestling. Diamond rings don't, right? <laughs> I mean, again, you want something, I mean, this is obviously pre-COVID or even post-COVID, right? But if you go to a live event, right? When the people in the nosebleeds, right? They want to see their champion, what they paid their money for, right? That's what this is about, drawing money, right? They want to see the spoils of it. So do you think the people in the cheapies could see the diamond ring, no matter how many diamonds you actually put in it? I feel like MJF doesn't care if the people in the cheapies can see his ring, but uh, that's neither here nor there now. Uh, Flobo, you had a a follow-up? Yeah, allow me to take a more moderate approach. I I like the ring on MJF because that is somebody that looks like he would use it and would defend it as you would a championship. And here is somebody who had an almost spotless record until he broke that freight train that was John Moxley. However, and, and, and it gets kind of weird now with, with this particular promotion, trying to say a fan that goes, look, there is a world championship, there is a championship named after a network, there's an unsanctioned championship, there's a diamond ring, a women's tag team has a couple of medals. It's like, what is the hierarchy on this company? So like, I don't mind the ring unto itself for MJF, but it's getting a little bit kind of clunky now. That's fair, that's fair. Yeah. Um, I do think that's fair. Adam, I want to ask you a question. Obviously, Miro got involved at the end here. Miro Boy. caused the win. Um, I, this, is, this is my follow-up question. Miro AEW or Miro WWE, which one was the better version? Oh, gosh, that's a tough one. So, I mean, if this is truer to what Miro is, this presentation in AEW, right, then, like, basically it's Bumskis, the whole WWF run, right? It, it, it loses all validity to me, right? Because if he's like this, I don't know, like, what's that guy? Pete Davidson. If he's a like grown Bulgarian Pete Davidson, if, if that's who he was, then, like, that Bulgarian brute, and I know Jim Ross had kind of alluded it, alluded to that moniker last week in his match but like it to me it doesn't like all he wanted to do is like look like macaulay colgan like that's that's all he wanted to be and like kick tail so if this is the like true and blue presentation of what miro is and the best guy which i don't get that moniker again at all you know so with that being said i respect the idols i like that guy um but you know then i would say aew but if that was truer, right, and, you know, to who he was, like, the Rusev character, then go for that. But, like, again, I, I kind of like this. I don't like this version of him, but, again, with his Twitch streams and everything like this, this might be a more, this might be the better character characterization of who he is as a person than Rusev was. So, I guess I do fault this one. So someone else that hey, that showed up today that just had a run with the WWE was none other than Sting. Sting came out. He said a few words. Woo! He was great. I want to say real quick, I am blown away by just how much life he had, how fun he was, how great he was on the microphone. We've gotten this mysterious Sting for a decade now. I forgot he has a lot of life to him. I loved this. And I love that he was so good about sort of pointing people out and alluding to the fact that, yes, he's probably going to do something with Darby Allen. Yes, he's probably going to do something with Cody, but he didn't let us know right away. It was a total tease, but it was in a good way, I thought, at this point. Flobo, we're one weekend. How do you feel about the Stinger in AEW right now? Yeah, I think... What they're doing with Sting, and again, it's still unclear as to the capacity the Stinger will be involved. I think it's pretty cool. The the long-term watches of wrestling are rewarded by having this presentation of Sting, especially after his WWE run ended so, how should I say, like, less than stellar. 
But newer fans, which I think sometimes AEW kind of leaves behind sometimes, they do have an idea of why this guy is important. Because he comes out, gets his own entrance, almost on par as Cody, and Cody's always the king of his entrances, you know, going face-to-face -face with the guys, the face of the brand. You had Arn Anderson clear the ring hilariously. It made him look like he was going to hang with the boys. And I think that's the quickest way to reintroduce his character to a, literally a new generation of wrestling fans who may not have seen him 20 years ago. Adam, you strike me as someone who saw Sting 20 years ago. How do you feel about him in uh, in uh, AEW? No, I love it. I absolutely love it. And the thing about it, it's where you can suspend disbelief, right? But you don't have to suspend too much disbelief, right? The fact that Sting legitimately popped for Tony Schiavone and asked Tony Schiavone to go, it's Sting, right? That happened. And the joy that even... You know, the fans had last week and in the continuation this week. And then also the love, like the genuine love that Cody and Sting had that like embrace before the segment ended. I think it's amazing. Uh, I think as somebody that has watched Sting for 20 some odd years, like this is his best entrance. This is his best like presentation since like Crow, like the like the basic like inception of crowsting like this is amazing right and the, like the the winner is coming everything his theme song is on point like i have that now on my workout playlist um so yes like uh, kind of a dark market version but even still you know so so with that being said i just love it you know i fully alluded to the fact that sting's wwe run got ended unceremoniously and abruptly. That is not going to happen here because there's so many people, whether it be Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, Tony Schiavone, Jim Ross, Tony Cott, like so many people that care about Sting and his well-being that they're not going to let him get buckle bomb, you know, to, to damn near paralyzation. So that's what I like. So Sting in AEW, it works. It absolutely works. And again, you're tying in the fact that the last, you know, WCW Nitro match was him and Flair, right? So it's, it, it brings it all full circle. And I just love it. I, I, you know, and just him being a talker. We, we saw Sting talk. So him being a mouthpiece yeah. for Darby Allen, I, I get. Him being a, even the, the FTR, like, not to say that FTR needs it, but like, I could just like run down the gamut of like, imagine what Obviously, it's not going to be a physical confrontation, but like the first like face to face like promo off between MJF and Sting were going to be that's going to be awesome. So yes, I love Sting here. Yeah, I think he's great. I think that when you hear him speak, you can definitely hear like an energy he has now. That I don't know if he for whatever reason it doesn't seem like he had it before, but there's just like a, a love and an energy that he had that I really liked seeing, and I was really glad to see him back. Uh, he pointed out Darby Allen, and I have famously on this show said I was getting bored of Darby Allen's videos because it's the same thing every time. It's black and white. He doesn't really do anything that makes any sense, and then he just comes in and has a match with, well, it's always Ricky Starks. But I was getting kind of bored of it. I was like, what's next? He finally has a, a video package where he speaks, and it's not a whole lot, but I think it's okay because I love that he actually pointed out how Brian Cage has been trying to kill the poor guy every time they get in the ring together. I love that he pointed out that it was always with multiple people around. I love that he called him out as the number one contender, and now we are going to get Darby Allen versus Brian Cage, I would assume. I, we didn't, I mean, Tony Khan didn't say it's happening just yet, but I'm guessing it's going to happen. Uh, I thought this was a great way. I also love that he laughed at Sting's face paint. Uh, during the thing it just keeps all this mystery about what's happening going flobo is this a step in the right direction for old darby allen what do you mean i love darby allen forever and ever forever i yeah. liked it but you know what yeah. a new direction is always great because if you're going to talk about having someone hanging out in the rafters why not call it a guy who hangs out in the rafters you know darby <laughs> allen is somebody that is exciting uh, but he has a very i don't say limited that sounds very disparaging but he has a very de deliberate move set and it can run the gamut of being a little bit boring or a little bit, oh, we've seen this before. Uh, having someone that to speak with them, having someone to do these promos makes him a lot more dynamic on the weeks he doesn't have to suit up. So it's a win-win, really. 
Yeah, I think it's going to be great for him. I don't know how I want things to play out with with him and Sting because I he seems like having someone speak for him would be opposite of who he is. Uh, you know, he seems like an individualistic person. So to say this guy speaks for me seems against everything that. He, that he stands for uh someone who was standing up for themselves and speaking happened during team taz talking ricky starks the guy i am pounding the pavement for not only is he great on the microphone but man he was wearing the hell out of that jacket i can't believe it um but uh are you not a fan adam no absolutely not I, how dare you i i don't I do not. No, I am. Is he having a seizure? I don't know what stroke daddy is. I, I love the NWA power. He was him and the Dawson's were the ones that I didn't get at all. Like, I just didn't get it. Um, yeah. And I got it less him in AEW. Him a part of Team Tat. Like, I don't. He's almost like Randy Orton to me. And I'm not a fan of Randy Orton. Wait, so, what? <laughs> yeah, I'm not you, a, sir, are about to get off of this show. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Time, <laughs> no, but, but, but again, he's got like little like facial quirks that I don't know if it's part of his gimmick or whatever. The chain, like, it, there's so many things that are amiss. Like, I don't get it, and and maybe that's me showing my age or like ah these whippersnappers and they're sniffing glue and whatever and they're teeny bopper music and that's not and there's cds right like i don't i don't know what the heck right but uh, maybe maybe ricky sarge is a representation of all of the things about the generation after me that i don't get and that's and he is that and that's why i don't get him so i'm not i'm not saying that he's a bad wrestler i don't even like I, I, one good Ricky Stark match, can't I, I? can't think of it, and I watch a lot of wrestling. I would say that I agree with you. He's not a finished product. I do think he's in that like that adolescence in his career where he's doing a lot of pasties. Like I'm the cocky guy. I'm the I'm the whatever guy. But you can't deny raw talent, man. Ricky Stark has it. Yeah. I think. Okay. I, I think with Ricky Stark <laughs> right. right now, at least in AEW, I like I, I said last week. I want to see him have. A, I want to see him have a run with someone who can also speak on a microphone and and i want to see them trade barbs back and forth he's it feels like he's been sort of stuck as the guy going to battle against darby allen for four months uh for the sake of team taz which i don't know if you it doesn't feel like he really fits in with team taz either it's, those guys seem like a bunch of rough dudes and he's the stylish cool guy that doesn't it seems like he's the guy that team taz would beat up that's the one thing i don't like is uh it doesn't feel like they fit together to me but i like ricky starks is, uh, is Ricky Starks from like New York or Brooklyn or something? Is he? Is he? I don't know. From, I'm looking at. I think he's built from Queens or something. But I'll check it out. Okay, so that might be it, right? Because hey, what like, the hell? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I, no, I mean that might be it. Why he's with Team Taz, like, and the fact that even Taz, you know, and again, think ECW Taz, like, as world champion, yeah, like, New Orleans. you mean? Okay, then that, that doesn't even make sense. Like, I, I don't. Yeah, I get him less. I totally get him less. That I love him, but someone who I uh, also really enjoy is uh, Abaddon. Abaddon scares me to death. Uh, uh, Tesha Price, though, she uh, she went for a sneak attack when she should have snuck away. I think because it did not work out for her. Um, she gets beaten up. Then uh, uh, Hikaru Shida comes out to try to make the save. Doesn't work out that well. Uh, Flobo, are you buying or selling a Abaddon versus Hikaru Shida match? Uh, I'm buying it now. I, I was not a fan of it when she licked the belt, and I was like, hey, man, COVID, bro. Uh, I, I wasn't. But, 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 he, but here's why I did, because Abaddon is looking like a boss fight. I can imagine Tessa being like signing a contract. Like, who's my opponent? What she is? Oh, no. Uh, there's no one that looks like her visually. Uh, it doesn't even matter what her moveset is. It's just that she is something that... If it would have been, no, no offense to the organization, if Abaddon was an impact, I would have written it off as cheesy. But in this world, it works because the AEW Women's Division is still looking for those like characters, and you have someone that actually elicits an emotion from Ricardo Shida. Because before, it was always fighting spirit. I'll beat anyone. Now she's afraid. And Ricardo whacked the heck out of her. And she just stood up, Undertaker style. I'm sold. Buying all the stock, buying all the pay paper tickets. I'm on. I'm on board. Um, 
so we're 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 running low on time, uh, and there's so much stuff to get to. There's Shaq and uh, his interaction with Brandy, and of course Jade beating up people backstage, and Diamante and and uh, Serena getting involved, and of course there was that that high flying opening tag team match to start off the night. Uh, guys, did you have? Uh, and of course, there's I mean FTR had a tag team match with Varsity Blondes, the OVW champion involved. Uh, any any kind of final thoughts, uh, Adam? We'll let you start. Any final thoughts or anything we missed or any 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 closing thoughts on the show? Yeah, I mean, I love the pairing. I didn't get Griff Garrison at all. Pairing him with you know uh, Brian Pillman Jr. I think it's awesome at a time where AEW definitely needs some like different tag teams that aren't the top echelon, right? They need some mid-card tag teams. So this this could be something, and it's different from every presentation of Pillman Jr. ever in his like the early kind of proliferation of his career. So I like it. Um, yeah, so I don't know, man. I, I, I want to see what happens with, like, AEW versus Impact. I want Rich Swan to get his comeuppance, and I'm not – not to say that I'm not a rich fan, a Swan fan, but like, come on, like we're in like Black Lives Matter. You have this stuff on you with the domestic abuse and everything, and you know what's said about uh, people of a particular uh, color, right? And you look like you you hopped out of the trash, like legit, dude. Like, yeah. So get it together before you step to Kenny Omega, and I can't believe. I'm even putting Kenny Omega outside of New Japan in a, like a higher echelon than another world champion. But yeah, that's happening here. So that's, that's that. I like yeah. this guy. He's been here every week, man. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I don't have anything against Swan. I, but I did not feel like he was on the same level as, as Kenny Omega during can that. Can you cut match. that dread, that dread that's going to come off? Like, can you just cut that one? It I looks like it's 2015, man. Ain't going that, that, that thing is Lifehouse AF. It's almost like, yo, James Law Jr. Love okay. that guy. But, uh, you know, it literally looks like uh, Lifehouse, and it's like hanging by a moment, that one dread. And I just want somebody just to slap it. <laughs> Shout out Lifehouse. Yeah, <laughs> taking, a, taking it back yeah. to when I was 21, man. Like, yeah. had hair. Uh, their, their Google alerts are going to go off for the first time in about 15 <laughs> years. <laughs> Trending on Twitter, thanks to Jack Farmer and Flavor Boys. Don't put me in this. I don't want Lifehouse smoke. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you don't Come want on, the smoke it's you from me. Lifehouse. It's you and me. Dang it. I would imagine, like, yeah, Lifehouse now getting really scary on us. Like, <laughs> did you, you say my name? Ah, Lifehouse. I've been working out. Yeah, Lifehouse now. Uh, yeah, real quick, man. I, I it's. The Shaq storyline, real quick, it reminds me of, I know I don't have to compare things to things in Stanford, but about 15 years ago, uh, for those of young kids, Shelton Benjamin wrestled 15 years ago too, and they had a storyline about uh, Shelton couldn't win a match, and he brought his mama in, and his mama was coaching him for three months, and it was the most stereotypical, dumbest stuff, but once you start the train, you can't stop it? That's Shaq. Because it's a kill O'Neill, man. He's getting money from Epson printers and Papa John's and General Car shirts and Icy Hot, but he's here on Dynamite. So let's see where it goes, baby. Why not? It does feel like they started it, and then like it almost felt like as soon as his name got said, there was just like, oh, maybe we shouldn't have done that. But now it's <laughs> now it's going. <laughs> now it's going. We can't. You I know what I mean? Like, like sometimes you say a joke and you're like, oh, that was a dirty joke. Maybe I shouldn't have said it. Or like you say something like, oh, no, I want to take it back. But it's already out there. We've got to. Even, even, even Shaq looked like he's like, man, uh, I guess we're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it back to like Aries Spears on that uh, Shaq All-Star Comedy Jam. And it's like, hey, Shaq, what are you doing on TNT? It's like literally you have to have that bouncy ball. To kind of see what you're saying, like yeah. that's it. Oh, like that's that's Shaq, you know. So why, Brandy? Why? Yeah, man. I, shout, out, shout out to Shaq. I love Shaq. It this He's does. Great. It feels like somewhere he in his contract it says he gets to be on every or he has to be on every TNT show, and this is just some like contractual obligation that everyone didn't see coming when they signed the contract originally, and now they're like, mm. oh man, this is part of it. Okay, well. 
let's get through this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, speaking of getting through it, I'm glad you guys were here to help me get through all of this. This is the part of the show where we put ourselves over. I thought we had an amazing show, guys. I thought this was great. Um, yeah. If people want to continue the greatness, Adam, where can they find you online? According to Woods, on everything. On uh, Well, it's Adam K. Woods on Twitter. And then according to Woods on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. And I think I have a Snapchat, but uh, people send me nudes, and that's not cool. I'm married. Oh. Um, don't do that, folks, if you, follow, if you go on Snapchat. Uh, yeah, I was saying before the show, I call you in my head according to Woods. Like when I was telling Flo, I was like, oh, by the way, according to Woods is going to be on the show. Uh, but uh, great follow. If you're not following him, check him out on Twitter and check out his show. I got the chance to be on it just recently, and I thought that was a banger of an episode. Uh, Flobo, where can they find you? Well, if you're not Lifehouse, you can follow me on social media. <laughs> I love my boys. Uh, t- tomorrow, How Jack to and I. <laughs> Where did I go? Okay, so uh, Jack and I are back here tomorrow. <laughs> Jack and I are tomorrow, back tomorrow with Drape to Gold. Drape to Gold.com. Flowbeetle.com. Let's get out of here, man. This is crazy. Uh, oh, man. And I'm Jack Farmer. You can find me at jackcfarmer.com as well as that. Real Jack Farmer across all social media. Check out anytimeradio.com. You can also check me out on the Everything Tournament. And also check me out with James Lott Jr. We chat about the top Christmas songs. Now is as good a time as any to check that out. So do so as well. We're going to be chatting with James Lott Jr. this Sunday about being a creative. You're not going to want to miss that. It's going to be a bunch of golden content. And until then, do your best and be yourself.